Uh, what are we talking about? What are we doing? Oh, yeah. Chaos. Okay, chaos. Yeah, it is chaos. It is chaos. <laughs> chaos. <laughs> This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Flurry, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. banter Where the hell's the uh, cowbell? Oh, that's behind Rob. Guess I didn't set it up. Wait, grab oh, it. Oh, geez, so much. I take back all the grab consummate it. professional. Grab it. Holy Steve's smoke. here. We need the cowbell. Oh. Fortunately, I still got jingle sticks. It's in a mic. It's on the mic stand. Just grab the mic stand. It's the way it's always been. No, it's always been attached to the mic stand. <laughs> no, it's true. It's never been attached <laughs> to the table. Oh my God. Go back to bed. Is that an option? <laughs> so just, just to be clear, I'd like to know if that's an option. Now, where's the stick? Uh, it should be beside Steve or beside you. Yeah, it's the only stick. The other one's been missing for months. That's been missing for months. You're, you're really observant. Holy cow. This whole podcast is a disaster today. Wow. Cowbell. There Ooh, you go. Nice. Anyways, I am, my name is Rob Minow. Is it now? It is. And uh, joining me today, as people may have already noticed, Mr. Steve Barkley is back. Yay. I are. Uh, also with us, Ryan Fleury. Hi. And uh, yeah, we're all here. And we've got a, we're recording a podcast apparently, which is Google reminding us that uh, that's uh, that's that indeed something like that is happening. It's my phone too. I was going to give you shit for turning <laughs> off your phone. And there's my phone. You can give me heck. You can give me heck. Uh, how is everybody doing today? Good for a Monday. It's not too bad. I want a nap. <sighs> you always want a nap. It's true. I do. Well, we're recording later in the day today. Yes. I noticed that that which is I don't know. It'll either be a, it's it'll be interesting. I don't know. We're used to we're used to mornings, so well, I don't know. We either we either we're going to be more full of energy or less. Well, most shows going forward are going to be between the two and three time. Yeah, I know. So I know, because of you. Yep. So thanks a lot for that. I have work related commitments. Hmm. Interesting. Ooh. <laughs> a likely story. Um. Hey Ryan. Yes, sir. Did uh, did you watch that Apple event last week? I did indeed. So, I want I want to kind of hear what what your take on it is uh, before we before we get into the main uh, content of our episode, which we should we should actually mention as well. Uh, what are we doing today? Today we are speaking with Damian Pickering from Hymns. 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 Hmm. Guys that make the note takers, low vision aids, and much much more. Much much more. Uh, cool. Uh, that'll be a little later coming up, but right now, yeah, let's, let's talk some Apple. So give me, give me your impression of what you thought of the event. Well, it was magical. It was amazing. No, it wasn't. <laughs> You're lying. You're, uh, you've been reading the same headlines, have you? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, really when it comes to the iPhones, it was pretty lackluster. You know, it sounds like there's some new designs, but as an upgrade, it doesn't really look like it's worth the, the investment at this point in time. The, the item that really stole the show was the Apple Watch. You know, there was no talk mm-hmm. of computers or anything. Yeah. That's probably going to be at the next show in October. I think it's called Mac World Congress or something. But they have another show. But yeah, the Apple Watch is really the one snagging all the headlines and all the all the media. It sounded pretty exciting. Uh, okay, well, give us give us a rundown on uh, on what the what, what what the Apple Watch. What what are the new announcements for the Apple Watch that that well, excited I'm, you? Well, I'm going to toss it back to you because you've got the tab open in Chrome and you can actually look at the new features in the Apple Watch. Oh, for crying! <laughs> well, first of all, before we do that, hold on. So, Steve, what about you? Did you did you watch any of this? I did not watch it. I do not care. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> okay, Dr. Seuss. I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I just... Android fanboy. No, you know what? It, it reminds me of the, the, the whole the whole phone update part of it. I mean, it kind of reminds me of the iPhone maybe 4 to iPhone 5. I mean, that jump wasn't really all that substantial, right? Like, I remember, yeah. I remember when the 5 came out, people were like, oh, yeah. It's kind of like the 4, a little bit improved. Really nothing... Nothing earth-shattering in terms of uh, spec changes or feature changes. It was just, yeah, yeah here's the new, this year's new model. I'm kind of getting the same vibe for from the phones for this year. I mean, I'm still reeling at the the price of the, you know, mm-hmm. the iPhone X or the the Max X or yeah. the X Max. Well, I don't even know what the hell they're called these days. Now they're There's just the losing the X Max, the, the XS, and the XR. And the X Max, I think Canadian is going to be around thirteen hundred dollars. These guys yeah. are as bad as Jeep. Yep. They're like honestly, you know, you've got the the Jeep TJ, you got the Jeep YJ, you got the GJK, you got the CJ, you got the. It's like, for God's sakes, come up with something that's actually going to differentiate these yeah. things in people's minds. Like, yeah, seriously, like, yeah, it's a lot of the media press I've been reading. Are, are a lot of people are saying it's really not worth the upgrade this time. It sounds like Apple's kind of run out of innovation at the current you know moment in time when it comes to phones, anyway. Um, but you know, like we were saying, the Apple Watch is is really the one that is getting all the all the glamour. Well, you know, to be honest, uh, it, that that's a technology that was really still growing a lot. Um, they're still they were still figuring out um, stuff that can be done with it, and I think that um, with this with these new announcements, they've actually managed to put some features in that could be really really valuable to people. Um, we were talking a little bit about about it before the show. Um, I, I mean, we could go through the the, the specy specs, but I you know I don't even know if we can bother. But I mean, it looks like there's going to be you know some new sizes of it. I, I like that in the uh, in the text of this article that we're looking at. It says that you can you can view stocks and your heart rate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My stocks down. My heart rate's up. <laughs> Yes, that could be handy. <laughs> you know, it's very true. Uh, you know, they, the, the processor has improved. The, the battery life has improved. Um, but some of the, the specific things that they've been, they were talking about in terms of features that could be really, really cool. Um, one is um, the harm monitor. You know, the fact that you can be wearing it and it can, can constantly monitor your, monitor your heart and run EKGs and stuff. Uh, could be, you know, an incredibly powerful medical device. Wait, how does a watch do an EKG? 
don't you have to have all those little probes attached apparently, to you all over the place for apparently EKG? Apparently not. This will measure electrical activity of the heartbeat in order to help diagnose heart disease and other conditions. I think it says like to 98% accurate. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So if you climb a set of stairs and all of a sudden you think you're about, you feel like you're going to have a heart attack, your watch could predict that. Uh, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, even if it gives you a 10-minute window mm-hmm. in, in uh, you know, advance warning that you're going you to get something screwy with your heart and you're going to have a heart attack, that could be you know, incredibly valuable. So, I mean, for, for me, like that's anyone who's, you know, in that age range of the danger of, of heart attacks. And we should all be wearing Apple watches. Okay, Siri, <laughs> what does it mean when my heart monitor goes? <laughs> your battery's dead, literally. Okay, EKG and ECGs are the same thing. Okay, well, see, there you go. Oh. So it can, it can, it can absolutely it can. do it. It doesn't have the probes to do it. It look, it says right here on this website. Spurious claims. I don't know. It's it's got it got cleared from the FDA, so that's got to mean something. Yeah. So uh, and we'll what was see. that other thing that you were telling me, Ryan? Fall detection. So if you fall, your watch can de- detect that you've fallen, and I think it gives you up to a minute to actually, you know. Dismiss the alert that you've fallen before it actually sends out a notification to family, friend, or emergency. So oh, great for the elderly. Here. Yeah, absolutely. So just don't wear it on Saturday nights, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Have it just call the Uber driver. <laughs> he's, he's gotten into the whiskey again. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the, the real health benefits to the Apple Watch are, are, are really being touted. Yeah, yeah, it, it really sounds like that's... And it sounds like, you know, honestly, even the over the course of the event, the Apple Watch is what was the was the focus. Yeah. And it's got haptic feedback as well, you know. So if you're wanting your haptics, you'll have your, your not just, you know, vibrations, but voiceover integration, your haptic feedback. Yeah. You know, a lot more notification of items. Yeah. So, I mean, we could really be seeing that, you know, the Apple Watch take off in the next few years as a, as a real, real useful uh, device. Yeah, again, I think the price needs to come down still. Sure. How much? I think it was around three forty nine. Hmm. I don't know if that's U.S. or Canadian. Oh, the, it starts at uh, three ninety nine. That's three ninety nine U.S. Then. And the cellular model, cellular model is four ninety nine. Yeah, so pretty expensive. So uh, yeah, a little bit pricey. Could be life saving. Could be life saving. Yeah. Can't put a price on. I that. might. Yeah, I might ask for one for Christmas. Nice. If you live that long. Well, exactly. I'm clearly I'm a ticking time bomb. Then you can do a, a, a live demo on AT Banter. There you go. Yeah. But your Android phone won't integrate with your Apple Watch. That's going to be sad. I'm in the wrong <laughs> ecosystem for this. Now you're going to get confused. <laughs> the gestures don't work. Which which device am I using? Yeah. Ah. Where's our Where's our Google Watch? That's right. Yep. Well, yeah, Google. Google's got an announcement go, Google. next month. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Not just phones, maybe. That would be, I mean, it, honestly, like that is something that they have to be looking at, right? Well, you, you know, Samsung's had their Gear VR, or not VR, but their, their what is it, the Samsung Gear Watch, or Android's tried a couple different types of watches. I think Pebble was based on Android, the Pebble Watch. So it's been a few iterations, but the problem with Google is they throw like 400 things at the wall and see what sticks. You know, messaging is a good example. They've got Allo, Duo, Hangouts, Messages. <laughs> you know, like, which messaging client do you use? It's just confusing. Yeah. So. All of them. All of them. 
Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully they're going to announce something. Mm-hmm. Hey, Ryan. Actually, Steve. no, I, no, no. <laughs> I almost hey. called you Rob. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Yes, sir. Ryan. Yeah. Ryan. Steve. Who we got on this week? Today, we are talking with Vice President of Hims Inc., Mr. Damian Pickering. No way. We are. Wow. Absolutely. That's cool. It is cool. Hello. Hi, Damian. How are you? Good. Is that Ryan? It's Ryan. And joining me in the room, I have Mr. Rob Minot. Hello. Hello, Mr. Rob Minot. I know. He called me Mr. He must be in a good mood. <laughs> and we have the one, the only, Mr. Steve Barkley. Actually, I'm one of several. <laughs> I keep I keep spares. Really well. Hello, Howdy. Steve Barkley. Excellent. Well, hey, so thanks uh, so much for joining us today and, and chatting with us a bit about uh, hymns and... I hear there may be like a, some sort of a newfangled contraption that you guys are later are, are releasing. <laughs> what, what, we're not allowed to talk about that yet. No, no we can later. talk about it during the show, but he not just, right now. Yeah. I don't want to lead with that. Well, okay. You're so we got, tough. We got to make so our tough, audience yeah, wait till the end. There is a, a newfangled <laughs> thing that that is top secret until we we announce it, and and uh, it's the worst kept secret of, <laughs> of the industry. That's right. Secret's been out since what, March? <laughs> well, at least officially since uh, uh, the beginning of July, the summer conferences, the ACB and, right. and, and FB. But well, all right. Well, you know what? Let's. Um, why don't we take a step back and um, why don't for anybody who who's not familiar with with hymns. Uh, give us a little overview of, of the company and what you guys do. Sure. Well, well and actually, and who you are. Let's well, talk, let's let's start there. Who the yeah, heck we, are we you? Could start. We could start with that. So, hello, I am Damian Pickering. I'm vice president of sales and marketing for Hims Inc. And for those of you who may not be familiar with Hims Inc., we are a Braille and low vision company. Um, we've had products on the market since 1999. Uh, for those of you who may not instantly recognize Hymns Inc., um, many people do recognize the Braille Sense. So our flagship line of Braille note takers since 1999 has been the, the Braille Sense line, going back to the Braille, the original Braille Sense, Braille Sense Plus, uh, the Braille Sense U2, and uh, as of uh, in recent history, the Braille Sense Polaris, which is our Google certified uh, Android-based Braille note taker that combines a classic note taker environment uh, with a mainstream. Um, device that that can um, search and download apps from the Google Play Store and provide a kind of a more mainstream uh, experience. So it, it's sort of two device you know, experiences in one. So we're, we're very excited about that and can certainly talk about that. Um, but as I indicated, we also uh, do have low vision uh, mm -hmm. video magnification devices um, from handhelds. Uh, our, our line is called the, the Candy 5, so a five inch portable handheld uh, video magnifier. Um, we have a classic uh, 
inline desktop CCTV called the Lifestyle. And then we have a transportable near and distance viewing uh, talking CCTV with a full page OCR called the GoVision Pro. So something uh, kind of a, a, a little bit of something for, for everybody. Um, our main products, the, the Hims Inc. products, are manufactured in South Korea. Uh, but then we uh, also distribute third-party products um, from other parts of the world and other manufacturers. And um, we are a, an international global uh, company. But for, for you know, our purposes today, Hems Inc. is really the, the sales and service uh, arm that uh, covers North America. So basically the continental United States and Canada. Now, now, are, was was the the note taker part of the the business sort of the the crown jewel in in the company? Because I mean, it seems like that's that's where a lot of uh, of the focus of hymns, and that's certainly, you know, from my experience, anyways. Uh, whenever anyone talks about hymns, they're usually talking about uh, your note takers. I, I would say that 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 historically, in fact, that has been the case, and and that's why I identified the Braille Sense line as our flagship yeah. line. Hims was really best known for that Braille Sense line. I mean, that's how more people identified it. And when I was, you know, new at Hims and working a, you know, a trade show and I might ask somebody, you know, you know, they'd say, what booth is this? And I might say, well, we're, we're Hims Inc. You know, are you familiar with us? And, oh, well, I'm not sure. And say, well, have you heard of the Braille Sense? Oh, yeah, yeah. So they, they would... That's where the, the light would go on. Um, so my experience was that, you know, Hems was really known as a one product company, you know, as, as a, uh, you know, a, a note taker company, sort of competitor to the Braille note, which, you know, is the, the best known, you know, um, you know, at the time. And I think a lot of people, you know, weren't even really thinking that, you know, that human wear and the Braille note had competition. Um, hopefully in the, in the last couple of years, and especially with uh, the Polaris and our, our, you know, venturing into the, the Google verse and, you know, the, the Android platform, um, there is more awareness. Um, there is a, 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 an increasing sense in the industry that there are, you know, there are, are alternatives to, um, you know, to the the Braille note, which has sort of become the the de facto standard in education, you know, as a as a note taker and so forth. But sort of combined with, you know, people. Sort of taking a pause at the the new direction that the you know that the Braille Note Touch took in um, venturing into that Android system, uh, it, it really set the stage, I think, for you know Hims to come in with a you know a slightly different version of uh, you know how to tackle that Android world. Um, 
and, and really maintain kind of a classic note taker environment. And coupled with that, um, in, in an effort to sort of move away from that one product brand identity, um, we've really gone through, put a lot of effort into redefining ourselves as a Braille company. Mm. So, you know, we alluded to uh, a new product. So kind of here's our foreshadowing. Um, at the summer shows this year at ACB and NFB, we unveiled a prototype of a, a new device called the CubeRaille XL. So capital Q, no space, capital B, and then you know, the Braille, um, XL. So the, you know, what, what's in a name? Q-Braille is a combination of QWERTY and Braille, sort of a, a unique hybrid keyboard, you know, which is the, the interface of a, of a Braille device. So what, what, We've, you know, we've got several different, uh, you know, Braille displays out there. It's a very competitive category. Um, and, you know, all the, the Braille displays, you know, have some form of a, a Braille keyboard. Um, in some cases, you know, no Braille keys. They're just output devices. But, you know, the typical display is uh, Braille input keys, and you know, 40 cells of Braille or 32 cells of Braille, or in some cases, 20. I mean, pick your number. <laughs> some method of, of navigating cursor routers, uh, compatibility with the, the you know your usual suspects, your screen readers, your JAWS, your NVDA, your uh, Mac OS, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And and you know they they all you know more or less you know do the same things you know some are usb only some have bluetooth some are multi-channel um you know over the years um there's been kind of uh, an evolution where you know braille displays take on some basic apps you know because you know the the industry for you know years has been predicting the death of the classic note taker and saying well it's all mm -hmm. going to be replaced by by Braille displays. Of course, you know, what we see is that, you know, people set out on that path to, to, you know, give up that classic, you know, standalone note taker environment where you, you know, you're basically, it's an alternative or a replacement for a laptop because you have your full uh, word processor and email and internet browsing and media players and, you know all those all those things, um, but but you know when people set you know sort of cut the the ties with that note taker and got a, a braille display and figured they could do everything with the mainstream device that they were connecting that display to, be it a smartphone, be it a, a laptop, a you know a tablet, they nevertheless like started to say, well, wouldn't it be nice if I could take a note um, even when I'm not connected to a peripheral device? You know, when I'm commuting, it would be nice to be able to jot my thoughts down or um, read, a, you know, read a book or, you know, 
skim my notes in preparation for the meeting I'm, I'm going to, that kind of thing. So, you know, manufacturers like Hems tried to respond. And, you know, one of our early uh, offerings was the Braille Edge, where we had a 40-cell display that had Bluetooth and USB connectivity, but also offered not a full note-taker um, you know, menu, but a, a limited simple notepad, a, a calculator, a scheduler, um, so forth. Um, but, you know, all the displays, whether they had onboard apps or were simply input-output output devices, um, you know, another sort of feature that the the market and customers required basically was um, not just text input, but, you know, command and control, you know, so this idea was your display had to be capable of fully controlling your computer or your smartphone. So all these, you know, displays came up with a complex sequence of braille key equivalents to a, a command structure. Let, let's, you know, for, for purposes of this discussion right now, let's talk about, you know, windows. So, um, you know, there are a, a set of windows, keyboard commands, and we'll say JAWS keyboard commands. So if you, want to close a document, for example, um, you, you know, the command would be Alt F4. Uh, if you want a, a links list, you know, uh, like, you know, insert F7 or, or, you know, JAWS key plus insert plus F7, you know, something like that. Um, so, you know, if you check the manual for any of these displays, you know, you, you'll find a, a table of these Braille key equivalents. And um, you'll see that, you know, A, many of them are, you know, multi-step. So, you know, you may have to do, you know, two or more steps to, you know, to execute a, you know, the equivalent of a, of a, of a Windows command. Uh, they're, they're not ergonomic. You know, we joke about, you know, you kind of have to stand on one foot and, you know, twist your fingers in a certain way and then, you know, bring your nose in to, you know, to help you execute the command. What I found, you know, in years of selling multiple, you know, different displays, you know, because for the different companies is that very few people would actually use those those commands um, because they were a hard to remember and b not comfortable to execute. So they were kind of they had to be there because people would not want to buy a display where you couldn't fully control your computer if there was another one available that could. But the reality was, you know, most people if they were going to, you know, they you know do those commands, they would reach over to a you know a separate QWERTY keyboard and just do the commands, the Windows commands or the JAWS or screen reader commands that they, you know, they were already familiar with because they didn't have to translate anything or memorize anything. But, you know, 
and then maybe like one in 10, I'll, I'll say, if I'm being generous, you know, might actually memorize and, and use those sequences. So, you know, our concept behind uh, QBrail is that in addition to being this, you know, input output device and, you know, having some standalone functionality, we, we offered a keyboard concept that had never been done before. So if you imagine a, a QWERTY keyboard with, you know, your 12 function keys along the, you know, the top row where you would expect them to be, your escape key at the upper left, uh, your six pack of insert, delete, home end, page up, page down, over on the, the right, you know, sort of uh, rear corner where you'd expect it to be, your cursor crossed with your up, down, left, right arrows on the, the front kind of right area where you'd expect it to be. And then your, your Windows modifier keys like control, function, Windows Alt, Spacebar, Alt, Applications, Control, everything where you would expect it to be. Then remove the letters and numbers from within that perimeter and put in a, a, an ergonomic Braille keypad. So now what you have is Braille input and QWERTY command and control. So kind of the, the best of both worlds concept. So, right. you know, if you're a Braille user, typically you're, you know, you're comfortable. That would be your preferred medium. Um, you can connect your, your QBraille to your, your PC, your Mac, uh, smartphone. Right. Um, incidentally, it, it will connect, um, with six different Bluetooth devices and one USB, right. um, but but basically, you know, you're you're doing your your Braille, um, you know, mainly for text input, and then when it comes time to to do that Alt F4 or you know other type commands, you've got your your Alt key right where it should be next to the space bar. You've got your F4 right where it should be. Even with its nice tactile marking, we've marked the F4, F8, and F12 keys. They're they're you know grouped in sets of four. I mean exactly like you would expect. Yeah. I mean it, it's been you know very uh, you know validating as um, users have come up and explored the QBrail um, prototype for the first time and. You know, the, the first reaction, you know, sometimes will be, oh, well, there's a lot of buttons. And then you say, ah, oh, but, but, you know, what do they do? Do they, do they seem familiar? And then they kind of say, oh, oh, that, that looks like, you know, function keys. Oh, well, these look like arrow keys. Like, oh, and then they, the, you know, the, it's like the light goes on. And it's like, oh, so, you know, I don't have to, you know, keep a separate keyboard so I can, you know, just use the command. So, you know, from a, a user standpoint and, uh, you know, even a training standpoint, I mean, imagine all the people that are teaching, uh, you know, like say, you know, JAWS and, and Braille access and things like that. They can use, you know, the, the one 
set of commands and it will you know apply to both so does so, it does it su- <clears throat> sorry so does it surprise you then that that it's because because it, really when you look at it it, it it kind of just basically looks like you've, you've taken a, a conventional qwerty keyboard removed the letter keys and put you know the braille inputs there and left you know the function and everything mm-hmm. around it you yeah, know from a from a from a you know a layman's point of view you look at this and go wow this is a pretty simplistic uh, idea. It, does it surprise you that it took somebody this long to, to actually think of this? Well, you know, when, when we unboxed it, we, we got one in here for, for beta testing a few weeks back. And the first time I unboxed it, I looked at it and I went, this is, this, this, this makes so much sense. <laughs> I can't believe that nobody's done this before. Well, it, it yes, yes and no. Um, you know, it does. It does seem like one of those, you know, should have had a V eight kind of moments. And, yeah, and yeah. literally, you know, many people have said that, like, "Wow, why hasn't anybody done this before?" And uh, I have to say, one of my uh, highlights of, uh, and and I don't remember if it was the ACB. It probably was the ACB conference. Might have been NFB, but. Um, you know, after some of the, you know, the, the crowds, you know, died down the first day, it was like the second day, uh, Gilles Pepin from Humanware came by the booth and uh, checked out the <laughs> Q-Braille. And, you know, I, I mean, he's, I'm standing there next to him and he's like, wow, that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, so that was, a, that was a, a real highlight for me. But I have to say that you know, as it, it does seem very simple. And, you know, the thing that, that really sets it apart, you know, I mean, you, you basically can say that in 30 seconds, you know, it's Braille input with QWERTY command and control. Well, yeah, I mean, because it seems to me it, it's such a, it's, it's a design that makes so much sense uh, that it, it would be ridiculous for any designs going forward to not um, include this because... You know, you guys have managed to to create this um, sort of new design that that um, can fit everything in. Well, and Damien, before you go on, I, I do want us to touch on one point that I think is very important with the cube braille, and that is the fact that it does have the forty cell braille display. But mm-hmm. can you also talk about the hybrid mode and how you can switch between modes? Because I think right. that's that's yeah. really what sets us apart from a braille display. So. You know, the, the basic, the concept, the, the Braille input and QWERTY control um, really is hybrid mode. And for the most part, that's how people are going to use this. But um, how did you, you know, how do we accomplish um, that combination? So that's where the other two modes come in. And so, you know, because they're sort of, hybrid mode, you know, is a combination of two modes. We, you know, we leave the, you know, the separate modes available because, you know, who knows how people, you know, may want to, to use it. And there could be some different use cases and, and things like that. But so Braille mode is, is basically what all Braille displays out there on the market, you know, are, are offering. You know, you've got your, your Braille keys for input. Um, you've got your communication with the screen reader. You, you have to have the screen reader sending information to the display. And, you know, that information is, is depicted 
you know, on the 40 cells of Braille. You know, you have contracted Braille output or uncontracted Braille output. Uh, and, um, you know, but again, you, you do require a screen reader to, you know, to, to drive that information to the display. Keyboard mode is, is really, um, is just that. You connect to a, you know, a PC or a Mac or a smartphone. And uh, in this, in keyboard mode, you don't actually need a screen reader. Um, but it, it's really input only. And your peripheral device perceives the cube rail exactly as a QWERTY keyboard. So the, the neat thing about that is that our Braille translation happens internally in the cube Braille. So if you want to do input in contracted Braille, uh, you can do that. And, you know, it, 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 it you know, will just be perceived by the computer or, or device as, you know, as a keyboard. So the hybrid mode is then combining keyboard mode and braille mode. So in that you've got, you know, active connections for the keyboard and for the braille display. So you've got your, you know, your braille output coming from the screen reader. You've got your keyboard input coming from the cube braille to the, you know, to the computer. And, you know, they're, they're just, it's perfect parallel play so that for the, the user, you know, the experience is, is exactly, you know, where we started at the top of the hour, the, the uh, Braille input, QWERTY command and control. One of the things I said to Steve when we got our, our, our demo unit was because I'm not a very strong Braille user, it, it married the, the technology together quite nicely for me because I had, like you say, I had the QWERTY keyboard functionality Yet I still had the Braille reinforcement if I wanted to go down and, and you know proofread anything, as well as the Perkins keyboard. So, you know, and it's not a lot, not much bigger than the Braille Edge. So it's a really nice form factor and a really great marriage of the technology. Yeah, well, that's a great segue for the, uh, you know, the the tech spec kind of geeks out there. I can I can rattle this off. Um, it's. 12.2 inches uh, from end to end, so in length, 4.69 inches front to back, and 0.71 inches height. So you know it's it's thin. Um, you know it, it's you know a little bit bigger than the the Braille Edge, but the overall you know the impact is you know it's much more sleek and contoured and you know a much more modern professional, you know, type device, you know, it is, it does have a, you know, a sleek professional form factor. Yep. It'll fit in your laptop bag just fine. So I want to, I want to take a, a, a few steps back and go back to where we were talking a little bit about, um, mainstream devices and, and sort of the, the idea that a lot of people were talking about the death of note takers. Mm -hmm. um, I think everybody in this room here that I'm sitting in, I think we were as guilty of that as anybody. Um, you know, there was a time, um, especially with the, you know, the advent of, of the smartphone and, and all that technology, 
coming into to play where we were like, man, you know, the the days of a dedicated uh, note taking device could could really be over. Why do you keep looking at me when you say that? Because you were the one that started. <laughs> you led the charge. Uh, we were all guilty of that, and I, I don't know. I, I I find it really interesting that. Uh, that's, that's definitely not the case. We're going to um, have to rename this podcast. Steve's wrong. again. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad idea. I like, it. I like that. Well, no, but, but so what do you, you know, being somebody who's obviously in the industry, why do you first, why do you think that was? And are you surprised? Well, you know, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to go on record of saying that, you know, I've always been a note taker guy. And so I've always valued that, you know, that kind of user friendly environment and, you know, having a device that's optimized for use by a blind user, you know, something that, you know, when I'm, you know, when I'm doing my, my work, you know, and, you know, writing email, you know, various things, you know, I just, I want to be comfortable. I, you know, I get frustrated, you know, a lot of times, you know, out there on the web and, you know, with your screen reader and your mainstream thing, it's like, you know, you have to go there because there inevitably are, are some limitation with the note taker environment, something that it won't do. But then, you know, it's kind of the wild west, you know, on online, it's a moving target, you know, the web standards and websites are always changing and you're always subject to, you know, the, you know, the knowledge and uh, competency of the designers and their commitment to accessibility, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's just not as user-friendly an experience. And people are more or less, you know, techie and, you know, they have a different, different tolerances and comfort levels with things. Um, so, you know, I think it's fair to say that education, um, you know, the teacher-student uh, relationship and that education environment really is what kept the note taker alive and, and kept the, you know, the, the, the quote unquote note taker from going the way of the, the handspring or the palm pilot, you know, um, education can be a little bit slower to respond and change, but it's enough of a market that it really kept, you know, people buying note takers and, you know, all along the way, there's been this, I mean, I, I would say the, the, the industry has been and continues to be in a paradigm shift. I mean, for the last 10 years or more, I mean, I want to say, you know, when I was at Freedom Scientific, you know, we were having the, you know, what do we do with PacMate? You know, we built it and they didn't come, um, you know, I mean, it was like there was PacMate gear and, you know, you, you know, you could theoretically, it was mainstream and you could, you know, install third party apps and everything, like all two of them, and, you know, they're just like, it, more it than didn't two. catch on. And, uh, and so at the time, I mean, it was like, well, you know, our core business is JAWS, laptops are getting smaller. I mean, we think that people are going to go you know, JAWS and a laptop and a Braille display. Well, they weren't wrong, you know, they, they weren't wrong. And, you know, they, they sold a lot of Braille displays, um, you know, over the years. 
So, you know, they didn't suffer or lose by making that decision, but, you know, human wear and, and hymns, you know, over the years continued to survive and, you know, even thrive and continue to sell those note takers, you know? So yes, there's so many different consumer choices now. I mean, for, for both blind and sighted people, you know, the, the iPhones, the Android phones, the, the tablets, the laptops, you know, Mac versus Windows is a much more viable choice than it ever was before. Uh, and, and, you know, note takers are kind of, you know, in that conversation as well. So in a sense, I mean, there is no one size fits all for, for any segment of the market, be you blind or sighted. So what, what that is kind of telling me is that so much more is happening, you know, online in the cloud and, you know, the device that you choose, you know, really does become about personal choice and optimizing, um, you know, what is comfortable and efficient and productive for you as a user, whoever you are, blindsided, um, you know, whatever, you know, limitations or enhancements, you know, you may bring to the party. Um, but then it's, it's, you know, but there are other demands that we didn't have or even were aware of 20 years ago. So it's all about connectivity and interoperability with other devices and other systems. And so that's, you know, where I suddenly now see uh, kind of a renewed and revitalized place for the note taker. You know, I think that the note taker and, you know, to, to, you know, I'm biased here, but I think that the Braille Sense Polaris, you know, really is this device that's kind of come full circle and stands in position to become kind of a, a crossover device, you know, that to, to change and expand the way people, you know, have thought about note takers, you know, that, that where I was starting to allude to is that it's a combination of a classic note taker kind of blind optimized environment with a mainstream kind of screen reader access to the cloud experience. So two distinct user experiences or user profiles joined, merged in, in one device. So uh, where can people find you guys uh, online? If anyone who's interested in getting more information about uh, either the Polaris or the, uh, the Qbrow? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our website is www.hims-inc.com. That's H-I-M as in Mary, S as in Sam, dash I-N-C, like incorporated.com. So www.hims-inc.com. Our toll-free number is 888-520-4467. Uh, that's 888-520-4467. I think those are the, the various digits. Um, yep. We are, I would be remiss in not sharing that we will also at the end of this week or early next week be offering a major new firmware for the Polaris and, and which we're 
you know, uh, introducing uh, advanced math features, um, kind of math graphing and, and so forth. So we're, you know, we're very committed to, uh, to STEM and, you know, education. And so that's been a, you know, a big thing that we've been working on in recent months. So, you know, look for that in the near future as well. Thanks so much for joining us, Damien. Uh, we much appreciate taking some time out of your afternoon and chatting with us uh, about about hymns and about the uh, the Cubro. Well, Rob, Steve, Ryan, thanks to all of you. I you know had a wonderful time. I really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, so, Ryan, you had a chance to play with the Cubrail. I did in your hand. So, what's your take on it? I think it's fabulous. You know, if I had the money, I would consider purchasing one. Really? You know, yeah. Like, you know, one of the big arguments he made is that, you know, if you're using a, a laptop or, a, you know, an external USB QWERTY keyboard and a USB or Bluetooth Braille display, you know, you're moving your fingers, your hands uh -huh. from the Braille display back to the QWERTY keyboard back and forth all the time. This one keyboard replaces both those devices. Sure. You yeah, know, I could I could see that. I can just Alt F4 to close an application or I can launch Windows, the start menu, type right on the Braille keyboard or the type right on the Q Braille, you know. Google Chrome or Word or whatever I want to open and open it and it's just the one device and mm -hmm. it's fabulous. Yeah, and it really occurs to me that this is probably the first Braille display that really, um, you know, aside from ones that had QWERTY keyboards integrated onto them like some of the European ones, but but it, it's really one of the only ones that you could walk away from the computer altogether with and, and just completely operate the computer through the, through the display. Yep. You know, whereas other ones, you, you just couldn't do that because you'd have to be near the keyboard to, to get to certain functions. Right. Yeah. No, this has all the Windows commands. It works with JAWS, MVDA, um, system access. So do you think that Dolphin, the other manufacturers are going to take a look at this and go, hmm. So I, I wouldn't surprise me that at CSUN in March, HumanWare releases a prototype. Yeah, I, I'd be, I'd be shocked. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I, I mean, it's such a... Um, it's just a good idea. Absolutely, it's such a great idea, and you know, their first, you know, first to market with it. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't see any designs going forward that that wouldn't incorporate or have at least have a model that incorporates this design. Yeah, no, it's great. Loved it. So, well, I, I mean, hopefully they they get the advantage of being being first to market with it, and we'll we'll see how uh, see how they do. I'm sure it's it's an exciting time over there at at Hims. Well, and I believe they're still taking pre-orders, aren't they, Steve? Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe they're. Yeah, and so are we. Slug, <laughs> <laughs> plug. plug. <laughs> um, hey, Ryan. Yes, sir. Uh, where can people find us? They can find us online at atbanter.com. They can also drop us an email, atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. And what about Canadian Assistive Technology? Who? What, what about it? What about it, huh? You tell us all about what it. What about it? You're up. Well, Canadian Assistive Technology is simply the very best assistive technology company in the entire planet. At least Canada. Uh, <laughs> and we can be reached at www.canastech.com. And we can also be found online on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, you can email us at sales at canastech.com. No, you can't. What? Do you, what? Yeah. yeah. No, you, can. you can't. Yeah, you sure can. What? Yeah. Sales at Canast. Who's that code? I think that me. website's been our website. That email's been our website for a while. It's long not. Time. Um, it's never been on our website. It goes to me. 
it's not there. It's not it. on our website. Of course, you can just you know get around that by okay, going. Now Steve we're just going to argue amongst ourselves. This is me. This is me writing an email. This is to sales at can. Oh, maybe you want to add it to the website. <laughs> well, hi there. Sexy. Compose email. Um, you are awesome. Send. This is what happens when you schedule a podcast for the afternoon. It gets very squirrely. Oh, look, it arrived in my inbox. It look at that. Too, eh? huh? about oh, that. Damn it. Well, dude, you learn something new every day. Hey, according to this, I'm awesome. <laughs> Fake news. I almost, I almost didn't read it because it came in with "Hi there, sexy," which is what I get a lot on my email. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guess what? Just I just saw on my phone what Amazon plans to release at least eight new Alexa-powered devices, including a microwave, an amplifier, and an in-car gadget. Doesn't surprise me. How about that? An Alexa microwave. Mm-hmm. Damn. Damn, that's a good idea. Although, what's an in-car gadget? I don't know if that's a good idea. I think that's their way of saying, shh, it's a secret. Mm. That'll be probably no different than, you know, you talking to Apple CarPlay, you know, using Cortana or something. Just like, sure. You know, play whatever on Spotify or, mm. you know, read my email to me. Mm. We'll probably find out more at CES. Yeah, probably. But that's interesting. Uh yeah, intelligent smart smart appliances is probably going to be the next uh, the next phase. Be talking to everything. Groovy. Yep. People can hack into your microwave. Oh, you and your hacking. <laughs> your microwave. You'll hear like laughter in the evening coming from your microwave. Yes. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> oh boy! I'll be sending your your time codes, your recipes to unsuspecting people. Yeah, I don't want my microwave <laughs> to be intelligent. You could, the microwave could really screw with you a long way. Sure it could. Well, I think about how many times Google just kicks on accidentally for, for random things. Like uh, Sometimes it'll kick on while I'm playing the radio. So do you really <laughs> want that risk with your microwave? You yeah. know? All of a sudden, your microwave starts whirring away because you walk past and you said, oh, I'm 20 minutes late. 20 minutes. <laughs> on, on high. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Next thing you know, your house is burning down. <laughs> You've mutated the rabbit into yeah. a were-rabbit. <laughs> Chaos Technical Services is also a thing with uh, run, run by Mr. Rick Chant, who Surly repairs, gentleman extraordinaire. repairs any type of assistive technology. Good buddy of ours. You can find him at www.chaostechnicalservices.com. Get your stuff fixed. And Get it out of that back closet. Listed on Canas Tech's gently used equipment website oh go. man my, my head is foggy after all that <laughs> I, feel, I feel of course i did i spent my entire morning doing emails so that's probably didn't help my my mindset at all either probably not but whatever bc's done done like dinner yeah speaking of dinner let's get out of here <laughs> okay all right everybody thanks so much for listening in again this week we will see everybody next week ciao this podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com. Or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. 
For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com. Whoa, look at that. Master of the one take.